0: Uh, it's tremendous for, for Mid Penn Sports. It's all really about uh, how excited you make the games. And... Mid is one of the best conferences in in Pennsylvania.
1: Welcome to Mid Penn Sports Weekly. I'm Luke Brown, the voice of the Camp Lions, and the host of Mid Penn Sports Weekly. And we are officially, ladies and gentlemen into the thick of it, we are into the best high school sports time, in my opinion, uh, whether that be fall, winter, or spring, we're at we're towards the end of the year, um, which obviously means that summer's coming, which means no school, which means no school sports, but don't worry, I have plenty packed uh, to keep these episodes strong and keep these episodes interesting, so do not worry about the summer, we'll be going all summer long. Um, but today, is eight, eight more eight more days left in the regular season for baseball until we hit mid-pens, and then we hit districts, and then we hit states, which is always fun. Um, and I feel like a lot, a lot of these teams have potential to go far in districts and then go far in states, uh, so that is going to be a very fun time on the podcast. Um, lacrosse is also coming down to the wire. I have something special for the mid Championships, which is coming up this week, um, so stay tuned for that. The best way to stay tuned on all mid Sports Weekly updates is through our Instagram, um, but let's get it started. We have a very special guest, Adam Bredeman, Caesar Cliff alumni, former National uh, number one tight end recruit in the class of I believe twenty thirteen it was, um, he came on the podcast talked a little bit about his time at Cedar Cliff his time at Penn State the podcast that he just started, um, so that's coming up uh, in the later ep- in the later minutes of the episode, uh, but we're going to start off with eight more days of regular season baseball, uh, what's going on, how to keep tabs on it all, uh, throughout the week this week and a little bit through next week, so let's get it started in the Commonwealth Division, uh, Cedar Cliff defeated Central Dolphin in a huge game last week, Matt Ilgenfritz, a former podcast guest, uh, hit a grand slam that broke open the game for the Colts, and... Subsequently, Cedar Cliff moves to the number one spot in the division and they play Central Dolphin in the game of the week uh, again this week. So that's a huge game. And so I kind of went down and went through every team that has the potential to win the division and wrote the rest of their games, uh, which I believe the max of games left is 5 Um and most teams had three to five. Uh, Cedar Cliff has four, um, and I have them going three and one. They beat State College. Uh, State College, by the way, just got a huge win over Cumberland Valley at FMB Field. Um, I have them beating State College Thursday. Uh, they have they have off until Thursday. Then Central Dolphin at. Central Dolphin on Friday, I have that as a loss because I don't think that they have enough power to sweep Central Dolphin. Um, So I think they'll split the series. They win one at home and lose one away. And then versus Cumberland Valley Monday the 16th, I have that as a win. Cumberland Valley has been a little bit slow recently. I think they can take advantage of that. West York area Tuesday the 17th is a W. Uh, so 3-1 and one to finish the season. They finish at 13-4 and four overall and 10-2 and two in the division. And then you go to Central Dolphin. By the way, this is a loaded division um, with a lot of teams able to jump here. Uh, Central Dolphin versus Mifflin County Tuesday. That's a W. And then they're going to beat Redland and Cedar Cliff Thursday, Friday um, and win that. I have Central Dolphin players coming on uh, next episode. Hopefully, um that's that's in the works. Uh three and O on the week, finish at thirteen and four, eleven and three in the division. Um Altoona is in that division and I got a tip to do Altoona. They were like, Hey, you gotta you gotta watch Altoona here and they're totally right. Eight and one in their last nine games they've bumped to third in their division with five games remaining and that's big for them that they have five more games three of them are in division I have them going two and one in those games losing to Stevie but beating State College and Redland and also beat Holidaysburg and Williamsport four and one 13 and six overall and nine and five in the conference comfortably heading into districts um Hopefully for them, I gotta check out where they are in districts in terms of that. Uh, Cumberland Valley lost in an upset to State College, three and three to two ball game in eight innings, Thursday night. I have them beating Big Spring, Chambersburg, losing to Effordah. Effordah is thirteen and four, second in the Lancaster-Lebanon, um, beating Altoona and losing to Cedar Cliff, uh, three and two. In those games, 13-6 and six overall, 8-5 and five in conference, which is a little bit underwhelming for Cumberland Valley, but it is what it is, and we move to the Keystone Division. Where you've got Mechanicsburg, who really has not slowed down, uh, leading by two games over Carlisle, so there's not a whole lot to look at in this one. We're just going to kind of breeze right past it. Mechanicsburg has Lower Dolphin, Carlisle, Northern, and Waynesboro. I think that they will... Not lose any of these games. Go four and zero. Finish seventeen and three, fourteen and one in division. Uh, they've had a lot of divisional games. Fifteen of twenty uh, in division for Mechanicsburg, and now we'll go to the Midpen Colonial, where this is kind of what I would say the the weakest division. But it is close. You've got a lot of teams that are still able to take this series, um, and win the Colonial. Uh, Waynesboro nine and three overall, ten and four in division. Greencastle, eight and three overall, ten and four in division. West Perry eight and four overall, twelve and four in division. Northern New York 8 and 4 uh, overall 11-5 in division and Chippensburg 8 and 4 overall and 10 and 6 in the division. So it's that close. You look at the number 1 team 9 and 3. You look at Shippensburg, the 5 team out of a 7 team or 8 team division um, and they're within one game. So that's wild. You don't usually see that um, and a lot of these teams the thing is like Waynesboro is 10 and 6. But four of six of their losses are in division. Same thing with Northern. Four of five losses in division. West Perry, four of four. Greencastle, three of four. West Waynesboro, three and four. So that's kind of uh, the weakness there. Uh, Waynesboro is. I, I have them going three and one, losing to Mechanicsburg, but beating Shippensburg, Big Spring, and Harrisburg, um, and finishing 11 and three. Uh, that's Waynesboro, and then Greencastle, I have them going four and zero, but still finishing ten and three in Division fourteen and four overall, beating Boiling Springs, Northern, Hershey, and Gettysburg. Um, so that's what that's what stinks for Greencastle, is only two of four of their uh, remaining games are in Division, so they don't have the opportunity to kind of boost themselves. As much as they could, like if those are their games, like if they had West Perry and uh, let's say James Buchanan and they won both of those, then they would be what 10 and or 12 and 3, I guess, yeah, 12 and 3, which is a lot better. And though that's just the in division record, they would be they would still be 14 and 4 overall, but they would be 12 and 3 in division. Uh, which would make them the division champions. So that's what stinks about their scheduling. And, I mean, who couldn't see that coming? But it's just how the popcorn pops for Greencastle. West Perry, um, they are also going to go 4-0. James Buchanan, uh, who I think has two wins. Donegal, Shippensburg, Juniata, I have them all wins. 12-4 and 4 is where they finish in the division, uh, which would be 3rd. And then Greencastle is going to lose to... I'm sorry, this is Northern. Northern's going to lose to Greencastle, beat James Buchanan, lose to Mechanicsburg, and lose to Carlisle. Wow, that scheduling even stinks more. Not only because they have two out of four um, in division games left, but they've got really tough teams. Greencastle is a very tough team. James Buchanan should be an easy win for them. Mechanicsburg is, I would say, top three if not top two, hardest team to play in the mid-pen. Um, and then Carlisle, who is second behind Mechanicsburg by two games, but still, that's a tough division. And to only have a two-game difference with Mechanicsburg in them, that drop-off is, is pretty darn good for Carlisle. So 1-3, they'll finish 9-5 and five in the division. Northern does not finish strong. Um, so then... That's gonna be, That's gonna make Waynesboro the division champion of the Colonial. By the way, uh, Cedar Cliff is my predicted Commonwealth winner. Um, initially, at the start of the year, I think I have Redland. I'm not sure. I gotta go back and look. Um, but right now, we have three of four spots filled for the for the midpen tournament: Cedar Cliff, Mechanicsburg, and Waynesboro. We go to the Midpen Capital. Camp Hill currently on top, and they've got a pretty easy schedule to finish it off. It all comes down to their game on Thursday against Middletown, a game that was supposed to be played last Thursday. No, last Wednesday. It's now next Wednesday. I know it's May 12th um, against Middletown. Uh, it's a huge game. Middletown is second in the division, but Camp Hill has Halifax to start off the week. Then Harrisburg, which is Wednesday. Then Middletown on Thursday. That's how it is. Uh, and then Steel High. So Steel High is Friday, I believe. Uh, 4-0 in those games. And that's not the Camp Hill bias. They beat Middletown pretty convincingly last time on the road. I think they can win at home. Um, finish at 14-4. and They had four losses last year. Um, some of those losses just should not have happened. I can tell you that. Uh West Perry was a 16 to 15 loss. They lost uh 2 to 1 against James Buchanan, which shouldn't have been a loss at all. That was not good. Um uh, they lost to East Penn, which was a simple loss. Um you just lose a game or two. You, nobody goes undefeated. Well, some people do, but um not you, that it's not common in high school baseball especially when you're playing so much. Um these games get rescheduled all the time. Nobody has a dome, so you are subject to weather all the time. So um, that opens up to reschedule rescheduling like this week Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday one off day for Camp Hill this week. Um, there'll be ten and one in division, and then East Penn beat Middletown, so um, so that kind of eases the break a little bit, and East Penn is. Going, they're current. They currently have two losses, so I don't. I'm not sure if Camp Hill already has sealed it. They they must not have already sealed the division. Uh, theoretically, they have because Harrisburg should be a pretty easy win for them. I think they beat twenty three zero or something against Harrisburg last week. Um, so they do have to win the Harrisburg and Steel High game, and then the Middletown game is yeah, is kind of where it lies for Camp Hill at least. East Penn has Trinity. I have that as a loss. Trinity beat them six to four last time, uh, and they threw Nick Kirkestner in that game. So that's their best pitcher. And if they, if, if Trinity is able to hit off of him like that, then I think that they should be able to win that game. Boiling Springs uh, should be a pretty easy W for what East Penn. And McDevitt as well, so two and one on the week, fourteen and three overall, and nine and three in the division. So Camp Hill will win that division, and uh, as as terms as terms of seeding, um, I'm not sure if Mechanicsburg or Cedar Cliff would be the one seed. I think it would be Cedar Cliff, um, based off strength of schedule, and. Things like that, so I would say it's going to be Cedar Cliff, Mechanicsburg, Camp Hill, and Waynesboro, so Camp Hill will play Mechanicsburg uh, as long as everybody stays in the tournament and doesn't opt out, and that's kind of a look at baseball, Um, and now let's get into our interview with Adam Brenneman. I mentioned this earlier, but Adam Brenneman is our... Is our guest this week former number one national tight end recruit? Uh, graduated from Cedar Cliff, went to Penn State as a tight end. Um, has the longest touchdown in for a tight end in Penn State history. He got that one against Wisconsin. Um, he was he he was quite the athlete uh, all around. He was he played basketball and baseball, I believe, as well uh, for Cedar Cliff. He mentioned that a little bit went to Penn State, got injured, went to UMass. Um ended up not going to the NFL would have been a top probably top 10 pick, maybe top 5 pick in the NFL draft uh if it weren't for injuries and stuff. So he then went to Arizona State as a as a uh, as a coach and then ended up leaving Arizona State. Now he has a podcast Brenneman shows up. Uh it's it's been a pretty, a pretty great podcast so far. He was featured on Colin Coward, um, Colin Coward's show on Fox Sports uh, about his interview with Kenny Pickett. He's interviewed Sean Clifford, just had Trace McSorley on last week, so he's been doing really well with his podcast, and uh, he's definitely done a lot in football, and it was a great interview, so uh, here we go. And this week's special guest is Adam Bredeman, the host of Bredeman Shows Up, and a Cedar Cliff grad, a tight end at Penn State, one of the top recruited pen, uh, tight ends uh, in, co- in college football recruiting history. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Appreciate you
0: having me, and I'm uh, happy to be on
1: yeah. So my first question for you is, how did you find sports and find football, and what can what made you continue to play football and be involved in it so much?
0: Yeah. I, um, you know, my, my dad had played football in college, so I kind of knew um, since I was really uh, really young that I wanted to play football, and my dad was a tight end, so he knew I wanted to play tight end. Um, you know and then started playing I think I was I was pretty young when I started playing and, and just loved the game and you know played a bunch of different sports football basketball baseball uh, and really after after I realized that football was my best sport I kind of focused in on it once I got to high school and you know, never expected that I would have a bunch of scholarship offers and be able to play at a high level you know like Penn State but it just kind of happened after a bunch of hard work but yeah I always I always loved the game and loved the competitiveness and loved the team atmosphere. And, um, you know, made that decision from when I was pretty young that I was going to put a lot of effort and uh, a lot of hard work into it.
1: Yeah, and you you were at Cedar Cliff, as I mentioned, one of the top recruited tight ends, uh, especially in this area. One of the top athletes recruited, at least here in the mid pen. Uh, how did make? How did playing in the competitive mid pen uh, with so many good teams in the area at Cedar Cliff make you a better athlete? <coughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I said I said a lot before that uh, you know the Big pen is one of the best conferences in in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, in, in a really competitive conference across the board. You look at all the different divisions and um, you know every week at Cedar Cliff we had we had a challenge. You know, whether it's Redland, whether it's um, whether it's Sys-Grand Township, whether it's Bishop McDevitt. <laughs> You know whether it's coming the valley, you got you got really good schools across the board. You got good schools that are in the smaller classifications like Camp Hill, where you where, where you go, Luke, and uh, you know a bunch of a bunch of really competitive programs, and a lot of talent comes out of that place. You still get guys all the time. Um, you know, I was just I was just talking to uh, Chase Edmonds the other day, who came out of CD East. You know you got guys like Andrew Ford out of Cedar Cliff, um, they're one of the best quarterbacks to play in the mid uh, you got guys all over the place consistently um, that are really talented playing at a high level and playing in college in the NFL. so it's a it's a great league. I think that anyone that comes from that league is is um, gets prepared pretty well for the the consistent competition you see at the next level.
1: yeah, um, and I, I love your point about some of the players that you played alongside at CD east and um, and a lot of those players get offers and interests like, Kind of like you did. I mean, you had. I was just looking at your profile before I started talking to you. Offer from pretty much every major college football program: Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State. And the list goes on and on. You chose Penn State. What went into that decision?
0: Well, you know, being from Pennsylvania, I always kind of grew up a Penn State fan, as as you know, as you know, man, that a lot of people are and yeah. are where, where where we're from. Uh, you know, grew up going to Penn State games and. It's funny, when I started getting recruited, I kind of had in my mind that I wasn't going to go to Penn State, because I felt like that was kind of the easy choice, was to go to Penn State, and that's kind of what everyone was doing, and, um, you know, decided decided then that, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to check out every other school, you know, we'll look at Ohio State, look at Notre Dame, looked at Maryland, looked at Old Miss, looked at a lot of schools all over the country, look at Stanford, and decided, you know, and then Bill O'Brien got hired at Penn State as a head coach, and I was like, well, you know what, this could be a pretty good... I ended up right back in my backyard, going to Penn State, and you know wouldn't have change it for the world. It was a great experience, and and uh, uh, always Penn State will always be a really special place for me, um, just because it's been a, a special place for my family and, and my community, and and you know everyone everyone from our is is adores Penn State, and just being able to play for that program and that university, and, and wear the blue and white is always will always be a, um you know a really a really special thing in my life.
1: You you have emphasized on your podcast and told some stories on your social media about crazy stories like 38, I think, letters you sent from Ole Miss in your mailbox or Brian Kelly coming in on a helicopter to, to see you. What would you say is the craziest recruiting story that you've ever uh, had before? Like, what was the craziest one?
0: Yeah, shoot. Um, there's a lot of them, man. I mean... You know, you just mentioned a couple. You know, the, the, just the things that coaches will do to try to get your attention. Um, you know, like sending you, sending you 50 pieces of mail in one day or 30 something. You know, just to, just things like that. Whether it's flying helicopters around, you know, on visits. You know, it's people. The coaches will do whatever they can on visits to get your attention to make you feel special. I posted a video on on TikTok, I think it was about uh, Urban Meyer telling me he he left his family vacation early to come see me. Um, you know, a lot of stuff like that. I I don't know if I have any any funnier or crazier than what I what, what we just mentioned, but um, you know, my recruiting process was definitely just crazy in itself because. You know, you just feel like so many, so many grown men, coaches are competing over over a 17-year-old to figure out what he's going to do. Um, that's just the world of college football recruiting, but it's definitely. Definitely a crazy business, crazy industry, and and you know there's so much um, unknown in it. And I think a lot of fans would be would be shocked to hear even more stories about what kind of really goes on. And, and again, think about for me this was this was almost ten years ago um, that I was getting recruited. Now I'm, I'm it makes me feel old saying that, but it was, and and it's even crazier now than it was when I was getting recruited
1: yeah and uh, a college football business that's been crazy and gotten crazier just this past year with the transfer portal and the nil uh you've spoken a little bit on your show about the transfer portal but overall with the transfer with the transfer portal in college football at an all-time high is that a good or bad thing for college football
0: yeah it's a good question um you know i think uh I think there's positives in, in in everything, but I think like anything else in in uh, in the world, there's good and bad that comes with stuff. And I think it's I think anything that gives uh, the rights to the players and allows players to make decisions that are best for them is a positive. Um, you know, it's tough when you look at coaches moving around like crazy. You have coaches who take a job one year and then then in ten months move to a different job. So when, when, when that's allowed to happen, it makes sense to allow the players to, to leave as well and be able to play right away and, and along with the NIL, you know, players be able to get paid, which I'm a big proponent of, but I think there has to be some kind of regulation and rules around it. I don't know the exact answers, but, you know, what we're seeing now with NIL combined with the transfer portal, you're, you're seeing a lot of crazy things going on, like players getting, you know, bribed to transfer schools and things like that, which I don't think is good for the sport or good for, you know, good for uh, college football.
1: Yeah, um, and and my last question for you is, going back to high school days, um, is- is what's- if you could pick out one memory from playing high school sports, whether that be football or anything else at Cedar Cliff, if you could pick out one game, one event, anything from high school sports (sighs) in the midpen, what would it be?
0: well the one game would be uh my junior year we at Cedar Cliff we made the playoffs it was the I think first round of the playoffs we played Exeter um from the (laughs) Lancaster Lebanon League uh at home at Cedar Cliff and um um and and uh you know we were it was a high scoring game I think I had four touchdowns in the first half ended up with like 15 catches like 200 some yards and four touchdowns and um, ended up winning that game and continuing into, into the District Three playoffs, but I think that would be the game. But you know, there, there's so many memories that I have from you know playing with my teammates at Cedar Cliff and meeting a lot of guys in the mid you know, I mentioned some guys, but a lot of my friends that I've been able to meet, whether it's Noah Spence who played at Bishop McDevitt, Bryce Barr played at Mechanicsburg. Um, I mentioned Andrew Ford, who was my quarterback at Cedar Cliff so many guys from that league that ended up being good friends of mine and really high level players throughout and just that you know the, the relationships you get to build out in high school they last with you for a long time and um, you know that that's the stuff you know the games are cool and important and I, I, I think back to some of the big games I had but really the memories the best memories are the relationships and the time you spend with your teammates
1: Yeah uh, and that's something that we see all the time here in the mid-pen relationships and, and big games and four touchdowns in one half that's wild Uh, you just (laughs) had you just had Trace McSoy on your podcast this past week Uh, where can we find your podcast Brenneman Shows Up
0: yeah basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast Spotify Apple all those places but uh, if you want to watch it the best place is YouTube so just go to YouTube and type in my name or type in Brenneman Shows Up and Find my YouTube channel, and there'll be uh, every uh, every uh, episode I've done with some of uh, the some some guests, whether they're from Penn State or, you know, first guest was Kenny Pickett, who just got drafted to the Steelers, so he's my interview with him is on there. So, a lot of cool content, and I appreciate you uh, you uh, um, shouting it out there, man.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Adam Brennerman. Hope you enjoyed the entire podcast today. I thought it was a great podcast with. A look at baseball uh, some a lot of games to watch this week um, and I am in the works on something special for the midpen uh, the midpen championship for lacrosse which is just a single game it's the one versus two seed in lacrosse instead of the one versus four three versus two then championship um, that is at landis field Friday night uh, so stay tuned and follow midpen weekly on Twitter and Instagram for Um, updates throughout the week, mid-pen sports content, and more. So thank you very much for tuning in, and I will see you next week.